Thank you for listening to this podcast brought to you by Baylife Church Port Stevens. We hope you find this message challenges and inspires you in your daily Christian walk. For more information, visit www.baylifechurch.org.au. It's nearly winter. It's just it's so warm. The water's so warm and the weather's so beautiful and uh, great time of year. Love this time of year. Um, we had a great celebration last Sunday for Mother's Day, didn't we? If you're here, it was just... Uh, just amazing. Um, I don't know. It was just we, we actually tried to articulate it this week in, in the in our evaluation of the service. We do an evaluation each week um, of the service, and we go, "Why was last Sunday so good? How how do we repeat that on, on an ongoing basis?" Then you you, know, you you sort of you think about all those things, and I, I'm not sure you can necessarily articulate that sometimes, but uh, uh, but we, we just we try to improve what we can do each week to week and uh, I know there's a lot of people away this morning, got lots of apologies for this morning so a little bit light on in numbers but uh, uh, I, I know God's got some really good stuff to, to share out of his word this morning or I'm going to share out of his word this morning. Um, last time I spoke two weeks ago, I spoke of the promises of God and it's a verse out of 2 Peter and, uh, and it basically says this, 2 Peter verse 1 to 3, um, it says, his divine power has given us everything we need for life and godliness through our knowledge of him who has called us by his own glory and goodness. Here's the main verse I want to, that we shared about. Through these he has given us his very great and precious promises so that through them you may participate in the divine nature and escape the corruption in the world caused by evil desires. And so through the great and, and precious promises of God, we may participate in the divine nature of God and escape the corruption of this world. I love that. I love that. And as I was thinking, do I go back and finish that off because I didn't quite finish it on the morning? Or what do I do? I kept reading on in verse 5. And, uh, and, 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 and I don't know, God just showed me this whole thing I want to share with you this morning. Because it says this in verse 5, For this very reason, for this very reason, so we can participate in the divine nature of God, so we can escape the corruption of the world, so we can live out those promises of God in our lives, for this very reason, make every effort to add to your faith goodness, to your goodness knowledge, to knowledge self-control, to self-control perseverance, to perseverance godliness, to godliness mutual affection, to mutual affection love, for if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, they'll keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. And, and it re, reiterates Galatians 5.22, you know, where Paul's talking about the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. It's the same, almost the same uh, qualities, he's looking, character traits, he's looking there. And so the central verse I, I want to speak about this morning is exactly that, that verse 5, make every effort to add to your faith goodness. In the message version, it says it a little bit different. Just go through um, Aiden and, and just let that flick through and I'll get to the, because I want to show everyone the, the different versions of this. So uh, um, so it's actually the lost virtues we're going to talk about in a minute. Just, this is sort of an introduction to that. Um, I want to show you 
the message version of this because that's the NIV version. Next one. Okay, so that's the NIV version. It talks about faith, goodness, add to your faith, goodness. The message version says this. So don't lose a minute in building on what you've been given, complementing your basic faith with good character. It says it a little different. And the New King James Version says it a little differently again. It says it this way. But also for this very reason, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue. I love that version. Add to your faith virtue, good character. You see, I think sometimes that word goodness has become a bit generic. It's lost its meaning a little bit for us. It's almost a subjective term, you know, And, and there's lots of good things. But good character is a bit more specific, and I think that word virtue is even better. And I've been pondering this week, in this last couple of weeks, the, the connection between the promises of God and the virtues that he asks us to, to outwork in our lives, to work on. You know, about this godly character. And a, dic- a dictionary definition of virtue is this. Moral excellence, goodness, righteousness. Conformity to one's life and con- conduct to moral and ethical principles. Uprightness, character, a particular moral excellence. And I want to do a series for ages on, on building character. You know, um, it's, it's been something I've been looking at for a fair while. And, and, but it came to this and I thought, you know, the lost virtues is a great, a great way to, to talk about this. And we're going to talk about in this series, we're going to talk about purity and loyalty and integrity and gratitude. And this morning we're going to talk about honour. You know, because I, I don't know about you, but I don't think our culture encourage us to honour people very much. You know, I, I just don't think it does. Um, particularly our Australian culture, you know, and, and in, in years gone past, perhaps, maybe, but not today. You know, it's almost discouraged. And, uh, and often it's, we actually dishonour that which we, we shouldn't. Um, we don't think it's necessary or important. And I don't think it's the tall poppy syndrome, but I think it's got something to do with that. I'm not sure why we distrust so many people, but certainly we don't seem to honour easily. When the Bible particularly communicates it so clearly, so clearly. You know, you read through the Word and honour is everywhere there. And I want to talk about that a bit this morning. You know, and as I think about our church, we planted 12 years ago and... Uh, and it's been amazing, God's provision and, and in that journey. And, and here's the truth. Here's, here's the truth for you this morning. I, I think there's no coincidences in God. He's drawn each and every one of you here for a purpose. And, and I'm telling you, there's just this amazing unity in our church. I, I don't know if you, you've been around long enough to understand it. You know, Greg Kent says to me often, he says, don't take this for granted. This unity that's in this church is unusual, you know, I haven't been in a lot of churches, to be truthful. But I saved at Macquarie and we planted this church. I was in the Anglican church as a little kid, but I didn't really care what was going on there and didn't really understand much. You know? And, and there's something about honouring and unity that go together. There's, there's this connection and, and this spiritual, uh, spirit of unity and spirit of generosity is, is so very central to honouring and, and it occurred to me that, that this whole journey started with a promise. I'm just trying to set this up a bit for you. If you, didn't, you weren't here for the promises of God, I just want to try and set this up a little bit for you this morning, that, that the connection between that message and, and where we're going in this series. You know, because the promise that I got for me personally 
was out of a Joshua 1.3. And it says this, I'll give you every place you set your foot as I promised Moses. And, and here's the thing, in, out of context doesn't mean anything really. At the time I'd been fasting and praying for three days at Single Bay Caravan Park. Um, I was asking God to confirm uh, if we were meant to plant, where we were meant to plant, um, how we were meant to plant. And so many things had to change before that could actually happen. So many things. <laughs> Can I tell you? My wife didn't want to do it. My kids weren't keen. You know, uh, my senior pastor wasn't even that keen. He, I was too IC at Macquarie at that time. And, and uh, you know, it, a successful church, you know, sort of, I don't know, it was probably about, I don't know, seven, 800 people at that stage. Um, I was overseeing a lot. I was doing a lot. And, and Mark didn't really want to release me. You know, he said, no, no, we'll, there's other guys we'll send out. You know, we're not going to send you out. We'll send other guys out. And basically that was the deal. You know, my wife was, was leading kids' ministry and she had 100-plus kids every week. She had a team on her... In fact, I still, you know, you sort of scratch your head. She had a team of like about 24 adults, I think, something like that, wasn't it, uh, in, for a kids' church team. Um, it was amazing. Our, our, our kids were involved in youth. They loved youth. They loved the church. They were intimately involved in youth. And, and so there's a risk as a parent when you're dragging your kids out of that to nothing, to nothing. Hadn't started, didn't have a clue how it's going to happen. But you know what? I had that scripture, the promises of God. I will give you every place that you set your foot, as I promised Moses. And uh, a lot had to change before that became reality. And you know what? It did. All those things got addressed in a very short period of time. And it was confirmed in the promise from God. And here's the thing, God's promises are unconditional, unchangeable. I said this the other week, but there are some conditions. They're, they're always connected to us and about you and me living in right relationship with God. And, and that's basically what this verse from 2 Peter is saying. The precious promises of God are there, but there are some things we have to do in the process. We have to add to our faith virtue or good character. Now, I hope you're catching this this morning. You know, promises of God are there for every single one of us. Every single one of us. You know, Oswald Chambers says this, we're in danger of forgetting that we cannot do what God does and what, that God will not do what we can do. We can't save ourselves. It's by grace, grace through faith. It's not by our works. It's not by anything we can do. It's not by our good character even. It, he can't make us do anything in this process. God will not give us good habits or good character or, or not will, will he make us walk upright. He won't do any of that stuff. We have to do that ourselves. Add to your faith virtue. Add to your faith good character. You see, then we work out the salvation that he has worked in us. And this, this word in this, this particular scripture, add, is, is choreo. It's a Greek word, choreo. And it's the same word we use in choreograph you know, for, for a dance. When you put a dance together, you know, you, you make all the components and, and you, you, you practice. And, and Sarah would be able to tell us this about putting a dance together. You put the, all the different actions to the music and you, you practice each part until finally you get it all together. It's completed. And it's only then that the dance is actually completed. It's choreographed. It's planned. It all comes together and it's successful. And it's not just having the promises of God, it's outworking them, it's acting on them. It's 
preparing ourselves and positioning ourselves and doing our part as we're positioned to accept those promises God has for us. And as I think about honour, there's so many promises of God connected to honour in the Bible. So, so many. Um, and we're going to look at a few this morning and how they apply to us. And I, I thought about honour in our church in this process. You know, I, I also, when I see videos like the, um, you know, that, that video that was produced back in, in uh, 2010 for our building offering, you know, I so said four and a half years ago it was. And, uh, and at that stage, this place was just a shell, unfinished shell. We didn't have the money to do it. We didn't know how we were going to do it. We thought, how's this ever going to be possible? We've, we've finally spent all our money getting this shell in place, but how's the next stage going to happen? You know, it just seemed impossible. But we had the promises of God. You know, Deuteronomy 8 7, I'll take you into a good land, a land of springs and water. And can I tell you, when we had nothing that didn't look likely at all, that's the only thing I had to hold on to, onto the promise of God. Church, I don't want to spend too much time here because I've got so much to say to you this morning, but we need to get the promises of God for our lives. Personally, we have to examine God's word. We have to examine through the Holy Spirit, get revelation for our lives, for our particular circumstances we're in, for our families, for our marriages, for, for, for the church, for every part of our, our, our lives. We can't just live our lives on autopilot because I'm telling you, if you do that, you won't be adding to your faith virtue. You'll be adding to your faith what the world thinks because we have so much influence by television, by peer influence, by what we're told is, is the right thing to do. When in fact, this is what we should be living our lives from. The promises of God, the word of God, the Holy Spirit leading us and guiding us. And, and as I said, I didn't want to spend too much time on this this morning. I just wanted to set this up, but I just think it's so, so important we get this. Please, please get into the word and get God's promise for you, for you personally, for your, for your, for your future, for your families, for, for your for your husbands and wives, for, for every part of your life. You know, God has got a promise for you in every part of that. We've just got to spend enough time examining and looking for it. You know, and as I think about honour, as I started out before, there's so many promises of God connected to honour in the Bible. So many. And, and we're going to look at a few this morning. I thought about honour our church and, and the fact I, I really want our church, and I think we are, a church that honours everybody, all people, not just some people. We have this philosophy of love, acceptance, forgiveness, and I believe that's about honouring others. And, and because the, the scriptures say clear, 1 Peter 2.17 says this, Honour all people, love the brotherhood, fear God, honour the king. Honour all people, love the brotherhood, fear God, honour the king. And, and I believe we are and I want our church to be more this way that we honour every single person no matter what their background is no matter where they've come from no matter what their financial status no matter what their social status that we honour every single person every single person and, and, and often we think well we only honour honor people when they are honourable or they deserve honour I'm pretty sure that's not what Peter or God was thinking when that, that verse got written you know, I'm pretty sure that's not the way it's supposed to be. We are supposed to give honour. We need, we need to act on that stuff. And, and, and so a question for you to, to ponder this morning. To whom do you need to give honour to? 
in your life? Who is on a Jew, overdue in your life? Think about that in the process of this word. Just let people come into your heart, into your mind, about who you want to give honour to in your life. And, and, and so who does the Bible call us to honour? So that's what we're going to look at this morning. The first one's God. Start by giving honour to the Lord. You know, and it's the, most, the first one and the most important one as far as I'm concerned. Isaiah 29, 13 says this. The Lord says, These people come near to me with their mouth and honour me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. But their hearts are far from me. And I'm not sure about you, but I, just, I want my life to stand for something. You know, I want it to be more than just lip service. I don't want to pretend or go through the motions. I don't want our church to be a, a, a pretense church, a, a pretentious. I want it to be about the heart. About the heart. You know, and, and I don't know about you, but, but I want this to be a wholehearted honour, to honour our God for all he has done in our lives. And then we read about honour in Proverbs, and, and it goes, it gets quite specific here, which is, and again, there's, there's other verses, but this is the one I picked out this morning. Proverbs 3, verses 9 to 10. Because it's got a promise attached to it. Honour the Lord with your wealth, with your first fruits of all your crops. It's talking about the tithe here, you know, to give the first fruits of all that we make. It's to bring honour to our God. You see, by giving our money, it's actually bringing honour to God. And, and here Solomon tells us it's one of the ways we show honour to our God. And, and as I said just there before, there's a promise attached to this. To anyone honouring God. And it goes on to say, Then your barns will be filled to overflowing and your vats will brim over with new wine. I'm telling you, if we honour God in this way, you might just be surprised what God will do in your life, how he responds to that. There's a promise there. Now, it's not always financial. It's not always you know, the blessing the way we, we sometimes think about, that there's a prospering that happens in our souls. Uh, but I'm telling you, there's a promise attached to God's word here. And God is faithful. His promises are true. The first one is to honour God. The second one this morning is to honour the king. You go, well, we haven't got a king. I know. Well, honour authority then. Honour authority. And our verse from 1 Peter 2.17 says this, Honour all people, love the brotherhood, fear God, honour the king. Romans 13.7. I'm giving you lots of verses here this morning. And... and uh, I haven't got screens on all of them, but, but you can get them down if you're writing notes or whatever. I'll try to repeat them a few times. Romans 13, 7. Give to everyone that you owe. Do you owe taxes? Then pay them. Do you owe anything else to the government? Then pay it. Do you owe respect? Then give it. Do you owe honour? Then show it. Do you owe honour? Then show it. You see, we have to show honour in our lives. We have to show honour. It's not just thinking about honour. Considering honour, it's actually showing honour. And, 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 and so often we think, well, I'm honouring someone when I don't dishonour them. No, the word says here, show honour. You can't really show honour unless you do something. It's, it's, it's in our words, in our actions, in our attitudes, our responses. And we have to show honour to those who are in authority above us. You know, Greg mentioned sport this morning, you know. If you play sport, this will challenge you a little bit, you have to show honour to the referee and the umpires that umpire those things, you know? And I don't agree with every decision. If you've played soccer with me, you'll know that. But I've got to honour it. They're doing that for nothing. 
Well, well, they're getting paid probably, but they're, they're doing their best. That's a better way to put it. They're doing their best. They wouldn't be doing it if they weren't doing their best. You know, if you've got a coach in a sporting team, honour your coach. Honour those people that are putting their time into to, to raise you. Honour your teachers. You know, honour those people who instruct and, and educate you. Honour your boss. And you may say, well, I'm smarter than my boss. And you may be, but you still have to show honour. You might say, well, I want to be the boss one day. And that's okay. You have to learn, before you learn to be over, you have to learn to be under. You see, we, we, we reap what we sow. And, uh, and if we reap, if we sow honour, we'll reap honour. And, and, and I've heard this many times over the years, but I've seen it outworked in, in, in this church, you know. You reap what you sow. And, and in your life, if you want to have some role to play, I'm telling you, you'll reap what you sow. If you sow honour, you'll reap honour. If you sow dishonour, you'll reap dishonour. You know, we have to honour those people in authority. You know, and, and so here's some contentious stuff because we just have the budget. We have to show honour to our Prime Minister. He's the elected authority in this nation. And we elected him. We have to show honour to that. We have to show honour to politicians. And I know you think they don't deserve it and, and they shouldn't have my honour. Well, whether you agree with them or not, it's, it's immaterial. We have to show honour to the office. You see, I'm sure 99.9% of them didn't go into office for their own benefit. They went in to make a difference in this world, to make this place a better place. And it doesn't matter whether you agree with their policies or not, or voted for them or not, we have to honour them. You see, one of the most dishonouring things I've ever seen is the way we treated Julia Gillard. Did I think everything she did was right? No, definitely not. She lied. Don't they all lie, though, from time to time? You know, they get in the circumstance and go, oh, I can't do that anymore, and it's really public, you know? And we, we, we judge them on, on what we see, whether we don't judge ourselves that way. We judge ourselves on our intentions, but we don't know what their intentions were, you know? And, and, and unfortunately, I'm seeing that repeated with Tony Abbott. He is our Prime Minister. He has put his life on hold to do this because he believes he can make this place a better place. Shouldn't we honour that? I, I just think we should. And I don't care about your politics. I don't care about that. I'm saying we should honour the office, the authority of that. And, and uh, he, they obviously a great nation, our great nation. We should show them honour. You see, here's some things I want to say this really clearly, and it's only a few words, but I hope it makes sense to you. Honour builds up. Honour believes the best. Honour values people. Dishonour tears down. Dishonour believes the worst. Dishonour devalues people. Okay, let me cha change levels a little here. Just change track a little. Ladies, you mightn't like your husband too much from time to time. <laughs> Been there. Maybe he's not a great leader. Honour him anyway. Honour him anyway. If you treat him as common and ordinary, it's really to dishonour him. And guess what? He'll not feel empowered to lead you in the family. He'll not feel empowered to do that. 
If you honour him, on the other hand, you watch as he grows, as he steps into that honourable position. I'm telling you, I've seen it and what God has called him to do. We have to show honour. We have to show and, and, and outwork that. We have to show that honour. Not just think about it. We actually have to show that honour to those people in our lives that we, we respect and, and, and deserve our respect. But more than that, what God tells us to respect and honour. The third thing here this morning, honour your mother and father. Honour your parents. Ephesians 6 uh, verses 2 to 3 says this, Honour your father and mother, which is the first commandment with the promise, so that it may go well with you and that you may enjoy long life on the earth. See what it says? Honour your father and mother, with this, which is the first commandment with a promise. And if we check that out, it's actually talking about the promise of God in Deuteronomy 5 verse 16. And here's the promise. So honour your father and mother, here's the promise. So that it may go well with you and you may enjoy long life on this earth. See, there's a blessing and favour when we do what God tells us to do. There's a blessing and favour when we honour our parents, father and mother. Now, let me just stop there for a second. For some of us here, it's difficult to do that. It's difficult, you know. Um, Maybe you had a horrible relationship with your mum and dad. Maybe your dad doesn't deserve that honour. Maybe there was betrayal. Maybe there was hurt, there was pain. But listen carefully. Listen carefully, please. It's not about them, it's about you. It's not about them, it's about you. It's not about them, it's about you. And about what God's word says. It's our choice how we respond. And, and if we want the promises of God here, you know, if we want that, that to go well and, and enjoy long life, we have to honour our parents. Maybe you haven't got a mum and dad anymore, you know. Well, honour those people that fulfil that role in your life, your spiritual mums and dads, you know. Honour whoever you can in that process, but make sure you deal with honouring your earthly parents first, even if they're not here anymore. Deal with that stuff. I'm telling you, it's about you, it's not about them. You know, if you, you listen to Joyce Meyer, what an amazing testimony of being abused as a young girl by a dad and the honour she now gives to a... To a well, he might even be dead now, but, but what she, she honoured him, she provided housing and, and blessed them amazingly in, in the later years. Just go, wow, wow. See, see, it brings... Her life goes well. She's got long life because of that. Number four, men, honour your wives. Honour your wives. 1 Peter 3.7 says this. 1 Peter 3.7 says this. Husbands, likewise, submit by living with your wife in ways that honour her. Knowing that she is the weaker partner, honour her all the more, as she is also a co-heir of the gracious care of life. Do this so that your, pay- your prayers won't be hindered. And I know when I read a verse like that in a room of people like this, I know there's, there's women here right now going, nah. No, I don't like that. When they they bristle, I'm not the weaker partner. How dare you? And, and, you know, I I sort of agree to you in one way because I know my wife can smash me at any particular time, you know? (laughs) And and not necessarily physically because I can headlock her and get her down. But, uh, uh, but, you know, all she needs is a look. Just a look. 
You go, what have I done? What have I said? You know, um, here, here's how paranoid I am. While I'm even preaching, I just keep glancing that way and go, so have I got approval? I've got approval? But you know what I'm saying? You know, there's, that's not weak. That's, that's not being weak. But let me try and give you, I don't know, I just, I heard this once and I think it's a good way to think about it. You know, for blokes, we're probably more like a Tupperware container. We're a bit more robust. You know, you can kick us around a bit and we just get a bit scuffed on the edges and, and a few bits chip off here and there. And, and, but we, we, we're, we can pretty, pretty robust. But for the girls, for the women, you know, it's more like this. They're more like beautiful, fine china, you see? And, and they're more delicate and they're a much more refined vessel. And it certainly doesn't mean they're less valuable. In fact, it actually means they're more valuable because of their refinement. And I think if you can think about those sorts of verses that way, it actually makes it easier to think, yeah, wow, that's right. And, and men, we need to honour our wives. And here's the promise. She's the co-heir together, together, co-heir of the gracious gift of life so that our prayers won't be hindered. Now, I don't know about you, but if there's one reason that I'm going to honour my wife, so my prayers aren't hindered. If nothing else, I, want, I don't want my prayers to be hindered in any way. We should honour God. We should honour those in authority. We should honour our parents. We should honour our spouses. We should honour all people. Number five, honour all people. We need to be the sort of people and the sort of church that encourages others, that lifts others up, to honour and respect others, not based on their pecking order, position in life or in society, how important they might be or how helpful it might be to getting good with them. It's not about that. You know, this verse, 1 Peter 2.17 says, Honour all people. All people. What's all people mean? All people. The Greek word says all people. That means everybody. There's no tricks with this. It's just all people. But the word, the Greek word for honour, listen to this. It means to value, respect, highly esteem, to treat as precious, weighty or valuable. And if we honour someone, we give them value and respect. We consider their thoughts, listen to this, as weighty. We value them. And of course, to dishonour means the opposite. It's not to value them and to consider them as light weights. Well, they have lightweight opinions. And, and I don't know about you, but I'm guilty of that sometimes. I am. Have you ever done that? Have you ever considered someone, you just dismissed their, their point of view because you feel like they're a bit lightweight? Maybe you dismissed them because how they looked, you know? or how they dress, you know, both good or bad, maybe how they smell, what car they drive, what house they live in, or, or, or any other way that judges them before you even know them. Jesus has a lot to say about that, and I, I won't share that this morning, but I'm telling you there's a lot in the Bible about that. Honour always recognises value. It always involves humility always involves humility. And listen here, a proud person finds it very difficult to honour others. So pride can hold us back from honouring other people and, and 
just consider that for yourself. It also can be based in insecurity as well. You know, if I know if I honour this person, that makes me look smaller and, and not as good. And, and uh, well, isn't that the point of honour? Isn't that the point? And isn't that the point of being a Christian? To assume others better than ourselves? To lift others up? You know, as I thought about this this morning, this could have even been a shower thought, so I hope it makes sense. You get in there in the steam and the shower and you're nice and relaxed and uh, got this glorious body to look at. And uh, so, <laughs> joke, joke. Um, but I just thought, you're not laughing too much there, are you, darling? <laughs> Joking. Um, what was I thinking? I've lost my thoughts now. Oh, yes, yes. Not honouring... <laughs> Not honouring is based out of a poverty mindset. Not honouring is based in a poverty mindset. I'm telling you, you meet people that are generous, they're so honouring. They're so honouring. doesn't mean they've got a lot to give, but they still are so honouring. The atmosphere in their lives is just honouring. They operate in honour, they give honour, they show honour. And often... Unfortunately, if we don't, if we find it difficult to give on, I'm telling you, just have a look at, at what's going on there. It's probably a poverty mindset, a poverty, a small-mindedness. It might be insecurity, it, it might be, but, uh, but, but Proverbs 13, 30, uh, sorry, 15.33 says this, Wisdom's instruction is to fear the Lord, and humility comes before honour. Humility has got such a great big deal to do with honour. So many people want honour and respect in their lives, but they're not prepared to give honour to others. We need to humble ourselves first to honour others. All people, all people. The sixth thing here this morning, honour the church and, and honour the worship. 1 Peter 2.17, honour all people, love the brotherhood, fear God, honour the king. Honour and love the brotherhood. That's who we are. That's the, we're the brotherhood, we're the church together. Brothers and sisters in Christ. That's what the body of Christ is all about. And, and think about honouring church as the house of God. You know, it's described like that throughout the Bible. Think about how you honouring or not honouring the church affects other people. Your family, um, your children, friends, acquaintances, all the people around you in your life. And, and, and maybe for you, coming to church... Is like, well, when I've got nothing else on on Sunday, yeah, I'll go to church. Yeah, when there's nothing else in my life that I have to do or want to do, yeah, I'll go to church. I guess I will. See, that's not honouring God. I'm sorry, it's just not. You know, it, it, seek first the kingdom of God. And, and, and for us as Christians, the, the church is a part of that. It's the way it's described in the New Testament. You know? We're called the body of Christ. Why are we called the body of Christ? Because Jesus is the head. And when we connect to the body, we connect to the head. And yes, we can do that in our own times. It's really important we do that. But when we come together, when we meet together on a regular basis, we encourage each other, we build each other up, we lift each other up, we speak words of encouragement into each other, we honour each other in the process of that. And we start to outwork even to a greater level the promises of God in our lives.
and maybe not making church a priority. Just a suggestion that's, and again, on the pastor's side, I guess I've got a vested interest in this, but that I, I, I wouldn't do it if I didn't believe in it. Maybe if not making church a priority is dishonouring God, or at least not showing honour. You see what I'm saying? It's showing honour. You know, and, and I don't know, I don't know how deep to go on this, but, but or how practical to get, but maybe, just maybe, maybe it's a setting your alarm half an hour earlier on Sunday morning. Maybe it's getting here on time. Maybe it's actually getting up early and praying and, and asking for God's um, hand upon you and upon the church. Maybe it's actually... Uh, praying to, to anticipate and have an expectancy of what God's going to do in you and through you. Maybe it's getting here early and being a part of the prayer meeting. Maybe, maybe, and look, please, I'm not talking to people. Look, I know what it's like with family and, and the baby poos before you come to church or it spews up all over you or, or you lose a shoe or you can't find your phone or, or you can't find your thumb drive that's got all your PowerPoint on it and you go, where the heck did I put that stupid thing? I, I know what it's like. And so please, I'm not beating you, beating you up this morning. I'm just saying maybe, maybe if coming late has become a habit for you, maybe it's something you need to consider. Maybe there's something more God wants for you. Maybe that's dishonouring the body of Christ by, by doing that. You know, maybe it's about coming with an anticipation, expectancy of what God is going to do, honouring worship honouring the atmosphere of worship, honouring the word of God, honouring the preaching. You know, I, I, I love when we have a visiting preacher and we've got one next week, Michael Lott. I'm going to get you to stand when we get him up on the platform and I'm going to ask you to give him a great big cheer when he gets up here because I believe in honouring the word of God and, and honouring preachers here, you know. Um, I just think it's a great thing to do and we need to show honour at every level for that, you know. Um, Lottie's a great young man, you know. He, been in my world for some time now because he was the young youth pastor when I was associate pastor and he was the new guy we put on and 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 uh, it was very green at the early days but but we've seen him grow into an amazing young man in God you know and uh, it's the first time he's preached here in the church I think he's done youth a few times but but not at church so it'll be, it'll be great to see okay so, so here's the mindset maybe that we could look at Psalm 42 4 the psalmist talks about being down the dumps. It's the son of, sons of Korah. And, it, and, it, and he recalls this and challenges himself um, uh, in the message version I'm going to read out of here. So Psalm 40, 42 verse 4. I was always at the head of the worshipping crowd, right out in front, leading them all, eager to arrive and worship, shouting praises, singing thanksgiving, celebrating all of us God's feast. See, that's the right place. Even in the place where they're down in the dumps and they're thinking about all the things that are going wrong, he remembers this. He said, I was always at the head of the worshipping crowd, right out in front, leading them all, eager to arrive and worship, shouting praises, singing thanksgiving, celebrating all of us to God's feast. And don't you think that it's, it's honouring to God and his church by being eager to worship, leading the crowd? You know... That part of being part of being a worship part of the worship team here, it's not about upstage. I'm more interested in how you worship when you're around the chairs. 
I'm more interested in the worship how you're up in the back seats. You see, that to me is leadership. It's worshipping with all our heart. It's actually um, sowing into the, that atmosphere of worship. It's actually honouring God. And I love seeing the young people down the front. You know, I love seeing that. I love seeing the passion that's growing in them. I love seeing the, 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 the momentum is building in the youth, you know. And, and it gets messy sometimes. It just gets messy sometimes. <laughs> it just does. <laughs> you see, we have to realise that honour to God is a big deal. And it should be to us. Living a life full of showing honour giving with the Spirit of God that reflects the way we feel like God and honour. You know, giving honour to our parents, to authorities, to our spouses, to people, uh, to worship. And, and here's one that I didn't really want. I was hoping I ran out of time. But there's one more that I need to talk about this morning. And it's honouring church leaders and pastors. Because it's just in the Bible. And I can't ignore it. And in fact, I wanted to ignore it, but I can't ignore it because God was on my case. And it says this in 1 Timothy 5.17. The elders who direct the affairs of the church are well worthy of double honour, especially those who work in preaching and teaching. And so the elders in our church, it refers to all the pastoral leadership in our team. You know, people that pastor you and look after you and, and of course, the preaching and the teaching. Of course it is. And there are many, many, many of us, you know, in this church. We don't necessarily call them elders all the time, but there are people who are shepherding and looking after you, department leaders, life group leaders, um, those who counsel and mentor, those who sow their lives into others' lives. Um, and, and Paul says they're, they're worthy of double honour. Double honour. Wow. And, and it actually goes on a few verses later and talks about money and wages. And I go, God, that's a bit tacky. You know, like, seriously? And, and I remember sitting with Mark Zare many years ago because I had this um, idea. I think it was an idea about, um, well, I don't really want to be paid by the church, but I'm going to do a business so that can pay me and I can work for the church for free. He said, oh, yeah, good idea. Okay. And in fact, you know, we, we actually started a business before we planned the church so that it actually could support us when we planned the church because there wasn't obviously very much income when, when we started. And we get, our, we get our wages paid by what you give in tithes and offerings. Just that straightforward, you know. And uh, so we, we did that. We did that quite well. But I remember had this, it's almost this angst about being paid by the church. It was almost like this martyrdom that I had, you know. And, uh, and I saw the Paul, Paul's model and, and the way he was a tent maker and he went to plant churches and, and, and that's all fine. Um, but, but Mark said this to me. He said, um, if the pastor's role is to equip the saints, if it is, yep, it is, to raise up the next generation of leaders. Yep, it is. If our priority as pastors and leaders is to uh, make God's word and prayer a priority, yep, I agree with that, like it talks about in the book of Acts. But then we add marriage, we add family, we add responsibilities, we add mortgages, we add businesses. What do you think will suffer? I don't really know. He said, look, I'm telling you what suffers is your marriage and your family. They always end up last. And he said... Here's the thing. Your marriage and your family are your most important ministry. And they actually qualify us as ministers. I hope you're catching this this morning. And it was then it started to make some sense to me. It was then I said, you know what? I did have a, a martyr mentality in this. 
without taking wages from the, the church. And, and as I already said, the wages come from your tithes and offerings. They come from my tithes and offerings. And, and I'm telling you, we give more than 10%. That, that's, the bottom, that's the bottom level as far as I'm concerned. I don't pay myself, you know. It's not like you give to pay yourself. I actually believe in God's word. I do it because I believe whether I was pastoring here or not. And I'm telling you, it just releases finances and it just helps sustain the church. It honors the leadership. It helps us grow and do what we're called to do to reach and positively influence our community world. We're building a significant church that loves God, loves people and loves life. It just does that. And here's what I encourage you to do. Romans 12.10 Love one another with brotherly affection. Outdo one another in showing honor. How do you do that? How do you do that? How do you outdo each other? Well, you just continually show honor. You just heap honor on people. You know, there's people right now ministering to some of your kids here, whether it's in the creche or in the, or in the kids' church or if it's with youth on Friday nights or, or small groups or whatever. Show honor to those people. Find out their names. Give them cards. Give them gifts. Show honor. Give, heap honor on them. You know, it's, it's what we're meant to do. You know, whether, if you're in a life group, heap honor on the leader of your life group. They're giving up their time and their energy to do that every week or every fortnight or whatever it looks like. You know, say thank you. Honor them. Put more, outdo each other and, and throw more honor onto them. If you want a great marriage, I'm telling you, honor is a central part of that. We have to outdo each other and, and, sh- and show honor to our partners, to our spouses. You know, and, and, and you lift them up and you watch them grow into that, that role of honor that you have and that faith you have. You know, and I'm nearly finished. But, you know, I want to show honor to my wife this morning. She, um, she's been with me for a lot of years. And uh, 35 years this year, I think, we've been married. And uh, we were together probably five years before that. I was two when we got together, by the way. But um, if you're trying to work out my age, just thought I'd help you there. Um, but you know what? I, I love her. But I just want to honour you, darling. You, uh, don't get emotional, Greg. You know, thank you for all the stuff that most people don't see. The um, sacrifices that most people don't know about. Thank you for being my best friend. You see, we just need to honour our partners. We just need to. There's so many people in this church that I just want to honour because I'm just humbled by their commitment to just sowing into this church. They're just... Sorry. You know, Andy Strutt shot me. He's not here this morning, but He's been there since the first week, virtually. He's been on my advisory board team 
for 12 years, 12 and a half years. John Morello, same deal. Just solid as a rock. In the ups and downs, I'm not saying that life goes like that. It's like, you know, like this, you know. In the ups and downs of life. But 12 years of selling into this church at a leadership level that you don't even see. You understand the weight of responsibility that comes with that, you know. So many great guys, David Osler, you know, just been rock solid. And, of course, Lynn as well by his side and the whole Osler family. You know, Bill and Dorothy. I mean, I could just go through the list. Chris Walkling, even though he's not with us anymore, was just such an integral part of our team. In later days, you know, Greg Kent, um, Eric Easterbrook, you know, just sung their lives into this place. And, and, and I just get really humbled by that. And I wish I could honour it more sometimes. You know, I'd, I'd love to financially be able to, to do that. But they do it all for nothing. They do it because they love God. You know, every and there's so many people I haven't mentioned, but, you know, all the amazing leaders over the years. But, you know, I, I just really honour those people that have just stuck through thick and thin, to the ups and downs, through, through the tough times and the, and the good times. There are times when we were at that point where we had the shell of this place and we couldn't work out how to move forward. You know, we're stuck in that little hall and we're, we're limited with our growth. You think, how are we ever going to fund this? We're, we're stuck. And then God just opens the door, just miraculously, just the promises of God become evident. We just keep honouring God. We keep honouring people. We keep honouring the people in our world, our parents, our partners, uh, all people in the process. We keep our spirit really pure and clean and and right. And I'm telling you, God's promises are there for us. They're unconditional. If we add to our faith virtue, if we add to our faith good character, if we understand what God's word says about our lives and outwork those promises in our lives through showing honour, there's nothing better. There's nothing better. Let me finish and I'll, I'll pray now as the band comes this morning. Lord, I, I want to honour you this morning. King of kings, Lord of lords. I want to honour the Son of God, Jesus Christ, the risen Christ. You, you gave your life for us, Lord, and, and you've touched our hearts. And I want to honour you for changing me for eternity. I want you to honour you for all the work you do in and through this church, in every one of our lives. I want to thank you, Lord, and honour you for filling us with your Holy Spirit, our counsellor, our guide, our helper, for empowering us to do the things that you want us to do on this earth. We can't do them on our own, Lord. We honour you for all that. Father, I want to honour every single person here, Lord. Lay honour on them to, to, to show honour to every single person here, God, that is selling our lives into building the body of Christ, your church, Bay Life Church, to outwork our mission, to, to reach and positively influence our community and our world, to, to build by building a significant church that loves God and loves people and loves life, God, that has a philosophy of love, acceptance, forgiveness, that honours every single person, Lord, that we come across. 
that we don't dismiss them and treat them lightly, God, that we we give weight to their thoughts and their considerations, God, that we honour them, we respect them, that we lift them up, that we encourage them, Lord. Father, let us be a church like that. Let us be a church like that, Father. God, it's such a privilege to serve you. But Father, I I don't think I honour you enough. And this morning, Father, I just pray this service honours you. Our prayers honour you. And and here this morning, I just want to give you an opportunity. If you don't know Christ, I just want to give you an opportunity just to respond. I'm going to make it really quick because I'm over time. But here this morning, if you haven't made that decision or you've made that decision at some time and, and stepped away from it, here's the opportunity just to go, you know what, I want to get my life right with God. And all it takes is stick your hand in the air. So I'm going to give you one, just one opportunity here this morning. I'm not going to drag it out. If you want to do that this morning, just want to get my, my life right with, with Christ, Greg, just, just put up your hand and I'll recognize it while everyone's got their eyes closed and heads bowed. If that's you, just go, yep, Greg, me. Fine, that's good. Father, we thank you, Lord, that we're in a church that does endeavor to honor you, Lord. Father, we pray that we can outwork that honour in our church, in our community, in our world, in all people, Lord. Father, we thank you for this wonderful, wonderful opportunity you give us, Lord. We pray that in your precious name, in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening to the message today brought to you by Baylife Church. We hope the message leaves you feeling challenged and inspired to live out your Christian walk. Please tune in again for next week's message.